Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Con Man's Answers Show, episode 86. I apologize for the shadow. I turned off the other light to make this video. I'm holding a Vikings helmet. Oh my god, that's kind of cool. Um, to uh, symbolize the death of the Vikings 2021-2022 NFL season. 17 yards away, Justin Jefferson was. It's breaking the record. So they got rid of Mike Zimmer. Um, you're not here for the Vikings, though. You're here for episode 86 with Trent Mabry, who's a stand-up comedian from Indiana who now lives in New York City. He's also the host of his own podcast. He's a hilarious guy. Um, we talk about all different types of stuff. His influence, RIP Bob Saget. He just passed away. Um, him living in New York City, what that's like, and staying out of the metaverse. Um, Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy episode 86 with Trent Mabry. Okay, everybody, uh, you know, just to start, Trent, why don't you introduce who you are, what you do, everything like that, man. Oh, my name is Trent Mabry. I'm a stand-up comedian who uh, recently moved to New York City. Dude, that's fascinating. I have never been to New York. I've been to the East Coast a couple times. I've been to DC, but I've never been in New mm -hmm. York. But everybody that I talk to who either lives in New York or been to New York says it's one of the craziest places to live. <laughs> it's interesting. It's obviously, I'm originally from Indiana, so it's obviously a lot different than, than Indiana. But uh, there's, I've seen some crazy stuff, but it's not as, I feel like it's not as crazy as people like, make it out to be. Yeah, why? Why is that? I mean, you see, like, I like. I feel like you're just gonna see more stuff in general because there's so many people here. But I feel like it's the the ratio is like the same amount of crazy to everywhere else. No, if yeah, you I really do the math about it. Well, I'm also born and raised from Las Vegas, Nevada, so that. Well, yeah, yeah. So I've seen a fair amount of crazy in my life too, and. You know, before we get into like exactly who you are and what you do, the reason I found you, it was like, I don't know how people usually get their guests on their podcast, but <laughs> because mine is so kind of informal and, and it's growing into something that I can't even explain. I literally, the way I do it, mm -hmm. anyone's hearing it when they start a podcast, I scroll. I always scroll. I'm just on TikTok like everybody else. And if I see somebody who has is funny or interesting. I just go to them. I usually go to their Instagram and then I DM them every time. <laughs> yeah. And it's worked pretty substantial for me. It's worked better now because my podcast has grown and I have listeners, but like before, like I was always like, how do you get to talk to these cool people? You know, how do you mm -hmm. do it? And, and, and for a lot of people, it's like, you just know them. But then I was like, that's bullshit. I, if I just talk to people, like that's what I do, I bet I can get people to come on. So thank you for being here again. Uh, the way I found you, like I was saying, was on TikTok, I, you posted a hilarious video, hilarious <laughs> comedy clip. And I was like, this guy is young, funny. It'd be awesome to talk to this guy. So again, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And then today, I just watched one, or maybe it was yesterday, where you were, where you were talking about, um, it was just like a joke, it was a bit about um, uh, Amber Alert, and I thought that oh, was... Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> give uh, everybody like that, just restate that joke real quick for everybody who's listening. All right. The, the Amber Alert joke? Yeah. Okay, so... If you if you're listening, I have like an uh, uh, like a stoner. Everybody think I smoke weed. Well, I don't. I've never done any drug. But 
Um, I smoked weed one time. It was enough for me. It was after a show, and I was driving home on the interstate. I saw this big flashing sign. It said Amber Alert, Blue Ford Taurus 2002 model. I was like, holy shit. Uh, that's the exact same car that I drive. So I picked like the absolute worst time to start smoking weed uh, and even worse time to steal a kid. <laughs> yeah, that's a good joke, dude. It, Thanks, man. And, you know, you do have a stoner stoner vibe. But even before we were talking, because as I was saying, I'm drinking Jameson Cold Brew. Jameson is not sponsoring me, so do not go get their shit. <laughs> um, maybe one day. Maybe one day. But uh, why have you ever drank? Have you ever, I mean, you smoked one time. Why, I've, why no drugs? I've drank uh, a few times. Um, never, I don't know. I never really got into it. I never, it was never my thing. I was, I mean, I was around people that were drinking and stuff. Uh, all my friends drink, but it was never something that I really enjoyed or got into. I think that's better than really enjoying it. You know, there's like, <laughs> right. Yeah. You don't have a problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I would assume that most people would assume that stand-up comedians use marijuana and alcohol and other Oh, definitely. Yeah. So I, I understand why people like kind of assert that onto you, but it's cool that you don't because it is like, you know, it's cool to be positive about something like stand-up comedy without having the negative side effects um, that come to it. Cause you know, there's a lot of stand-up comedians that have passed away due to drugs and, and stuff. Like Absolutely. That. Yeah. Um, and people who have not passed away, I mean, talk to talk about someone who passed away, probably not dealing with drugs, but who was in the stand-up comedy family, Bob Saget. I mean, obviously you saw that. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, it was very sad. Dude, it is very sad because I don't know how old you are. How old are you? 26. 26. So, like, you're about five years older than me, probably, probably more four, but... Um, you know, we grew up on Full House, right? Like that right. was everybody in our age group, millennials or like pretty older Gen Z grew up on uh, Full House. And and the crazy thing is the younger generation now is growing up on Fuller House and he was mm-hmm. still a part of that kind of family. He wasn't as main, but like obviously. So it is, you know, when it's something like that happens, I feel like you got to take a step back I don't know if you feel this way being a stand-up comic, but like when an icon like that dies and not old, but not young, you know, you sure start to reevaluate and you start to be like, all right, maybe, you know, my parents need to be doing more healthier options for their life. And, and maybe we need to, I need to do more healthy things for me because it's so life is so short. Why, why waste it? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't think about like, being more healthy but maybe just like enjoying life you know living life to the fullest um so i would go the opposite i would say i would say eat like a pig you know live it up you only have so much time left no yeah yeah that's yeah it's it's crazy because too because it's like uh, for us it's like we want when something like that happens or you know really specifically when someone young dies right when Mm -hmm. someone Guys, so I'll give an example. My friend, he was killed in the Route 91 Vegas shooting. I don't know if you know. Anything. Oh yeah. So my friend, my family friend, died in that, and he wow. was he was 20 when he died, and he was, he was yeah he was 20, so he would have been like 20, almost 25 now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's insane to say, but yeah, he would have been almost 25, and so he was actually like really, really, really close to my older sister, and I was 
I'm still am pretty close with his younger sister. So he passed away. And when something like that happens, you, you take a step back and you, and you reevaluate your own mortality and you have something like that as a young guy, you're like, let's live it up. Let's live in the moment. Let's do everything we can because if it gets taken away, why waste it? You know? Right. But when someone older dies younger, like 65, right? You start Mm -hmm. to think like, okay, my parents, you know, I want my parents to be around for my kids. I want sure, you to be right, grandparents. Right, right. And you're like, all right, do healthier things. Don't do crazy <laughs> shit. Be right, careful exactly. when driving. And yeah. so I totally get what you're saying. It's like, it's different because it's different when you're young and when you're old. And mm-hmm. when you have an outlook like that for, for people in your life that you love that are old, it is scary, you know? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah I was uh, really taken aback because, you know, he was still relatively young, 65 is fairly young to die nowadays um and then like my favorite comic is norm mcdonald oh man dude who who just died yeah uh late last year both like unexpected deaths just you didn't see coming no yeah um so as a stand-up comic right i'm sorry i don't mean to like go off of what we're no you're fine um as a stand-up comic i've talked to i've only talked to comics who are my friends right so like i i've had the utmost respect for stand-up comedy for my whole life i love it it's i love laughing it's when i like living i like laughing you know Mm -hmm. comedy is one of the things that brings everybody joy regardless of who you are but i will say we're living in a weird time where stand-up comics are are relatively talking about moral relativism and, 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 and giving out wisdom. It's a weird time, right? Like we have the whole thing with um, Dave Chappelle and the transgender community, right? And mm-hmm. have the whole, like there's been bits in every single stand-up comedy that I've been watching or even on their, a lot of them, most of them have podta- podcasts and they, mm-hmm. they go on Rogan, right? Because they're going right. Um, But they give out, like there's bits in their acts that aren't made aren't made for people to laugh. They're made for people to think. And have you noticed that in the comic community, in the comedy community, that within this weird time, because comics do have, like, they don't have as much of a censored tongue as, like, a lot of other professions, that they're they're starting to give out more political, moral, like, wisdom and things like that? I feel like maybe it's more... It gets more notice, maybe, but I feel like stand-up has always been, I mean, there's obviously different forms of stand-up, but a lot of stand-up has always been political, you know, like Richard Pryor yeah. had similar bits to what Chappelle does, or George Carlin was all politics, basically. Um, but I feel like now, maybe with social media, you'll, people will like clip that out or take, take, take a sound bite out of that, and then that's what everyone will focus on as opposed to the, the larger um, stand-up hour act. But I feel like it's always been political. Maybe, maybe like we're so divided now that we, we notice it more. It sticks out like when someone agrees with us and when somebody doesn't agree with us. But I feel like it's always had pol- a, a political tinge to it. Yeah, totally. And I totally understand what you're talking about when you with regards to uh... – Social media, because it's not about the whole hour anymore. It's about the 30 seconds that catches eyes, right? Right. And not only that, like, it's not the the prolific artists that are doing that even relatively. It's the, uh, you know, other people make money off of clipping 
this mm-hmm. of artists and things like that. Yeah, it is it is a weird time though, dude. I I'll give you an example. I was sitting in so I'm gonna preface this by saying, first off, I'm straight, I'm white. So I am I am the the people that when they're going to it, you'll understand what I'm saying in a second. When they're going to attack somebody and, and they have like a little, and they're loud and they talk a lot, I'm the person they're going to attack. The only times they don't is because I have a beard and I have long hair. <laughs> and sometimes I don't say stupid shit. And then, right. um, but I go to a liberal art school in Oregon, right outside of Portland. So it's very, 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 very progressive. Um, and I was, so I was signed up for a class called spirituality and well-being okay in my mind this is a winter term class this is two credits i'm gonna go meditate and learn about god or something the universe psychedelics that's what i'm thinking right Mm. boy was i wrong boy was i fucking wrong we go me my friend matt he's my roommate he actually now has covid so that's cool oh great (laughs) i just had covid so i can't get it oh nice they're still gonna make me quarantine for it right yeah but uh all right, off the digression. <laughs> we go to the class, and it's this nothing be, being gay is wrong or anything like that. It's not what I'm saying. It was a it was a a gay professor who was a pastor, Buddhist monk slash feminist pastor thing. I don't know. He was he had a whole spiel about it, and he he assigned all this reading. All this reading, and it was, it was just like, why am I going to take this class about like about the the um, uh, the patriarchal like religion and things like that? But that's not even the crazy part. I'm sitting in this class. We're in a lo- we're in a circle divided, like because of COVID. We're all wearing masks, mm. and two people, almost ha- more than half the class, introduced themselves as they them's, and two of them introduced themselves as practicing witches. I'm not oh, wow. practicing witches and, and I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm watching this, these people introduce themselves as my name is blah. I'm she, the a him plus, and I'm mm-hmm. a practicing witch and they're in a mask and we're all divided sitting like not divided, but sitting like away from each other. And I'm like, this is a fucking Netflix movie from three years ago. <laughs> I promise. I somehow got transported into Netflix and now I am in a movie that everyone watches because this is not reality. This is, you can't just tell people that you're a practicing witch and expect people not to laugh. That is not <laughs> how it works, right? Like, I, 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 it just blew my fucking mind, dude. That's that's wild. I've I've never. I mean, I've heard of. I don't know witches were making a comeback. <laughs> well, they even he even I dropped the class, so I wish I would have taken it just because. I could like give more info about it, mm-hmm. but he was like, yeah, one of the days we're going to talk about how, how, um, the Salem witch trials were, they stopped a practice of mysticism and progressiveness in spirituality and how that was a bad thing. I was like, well, yes, it was a bad thing, but I don't think it was a bad thing because it stopped the witch art or warlocks. Or right. Whatever. Yeah. I think it was bad because they were murdering young women for no <laughs> yeah, fucking reason. They were, lunat- they were lunatics. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. It's the one thing I have learned is that I think it's, there's a problem when you, 
don't allow to tell people that they're fucking stupid. Like, you know what I mean? Like, people are stupid. And, like, nowadays it's like, if anybody has a different opinion than you, especially if you're normal at all, you can't say that they're not normal, you know? And I think it's ridiculous. It's like people just say shit and they expect no one to have any backlash because they're in their comfort zone. It's like, motherfucker, I haven't been in a comfort zone my entire life. And, well, I'm not doing great, but, I mean, like, you know, I'm doing all right for myself. (laughs) Yeah, you got a nice a neon sign for the podcast. I like that. Dude, yeah, it's I don't know how much it costed, but my mom, my girlfriend and my sister bought it for my birthday, I think. So, I love them. Thank you for that. And I but I have a two part the people have criticized me for being a racist and things like that for <laughs> I mean, for no reason other than I'm just a white guy, but I have like a Tupac poster, like I listen like dude, like people don't like they, if someone disagrees with you, the first things they throw out, and I can say this because I go to a liberal arts school in Oregon, I see it. They throw out sexist, homophobe, um, racist. It's like, dude, that's not going to get us anywhere. It's going to get us into like people where they're storming the Capitol on right. January 6th, yes. or, or they're like telling you that you're a sexist if you don't get the vaccine. And you're like, all right, what the <laughs> hell is going on? You know well, I, mean? I agree with that. Like, I would say I'm, I'm more towards the like the middle now. I feel like, but I would say I lean more towards the left on on most things. Mm-hmm. But there's no like it's a real turn off. Like the way they approach like anybody that disagrees with them, mm-hmm. it's um, it just like backs everybody into a corner. It just make it, they're having the opposite effect of what they want. Instead mm-hmm. of like them trying to win over the other side, it just yeah. forces them further to further away from their their talking points i feel like yeah dude it's crazy because like i i like you i feel like most of my life i've been pretty pretty left-leaning and now it's like i'm being forced towards the middle because right because of like my appearance it's weird it's like like i smoke weed I love weed. I would love to legalize cannabis everywhere. I think that there's more benefits to legalizing cannabis than there are the, the, the harms. You know, we have, mm. we let the most two most harmful drugs that kill the most people every year, tobacco and alcohol. And you could argue, um, opioids, you could argue mm. oh, pharmaceutical yeah. opioids kill more people than marijuana ever will. And the fact that we demonize that in psychedelics is ridiculous. I don't think anybody should be per, uh, petrified or should be persecuted by how they love or how they live. I don't think any of that. I think women should be paid as much as men. I think most women that I've met in my life who are intelligent are way more intelligent than I'll ever be. <laughs> and so like for me to be forced out of that because of my skin color and my, and my sex is like, well, hold on a second. You're being racist and you're being misogynistic. It's just okay because you feel like you're going towards the enemy. It's like, I'm not 70 years old who made all my money off of lobbyists. I'm not. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. I'm a 21-year-old, almost 22-year-old senior in college in Oregon who has long hair and plays college (laughs) football as a kicker, dude. I'm not like a fucking, you know what I mean? Right, I agree, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, like within the past maybe 10 years. Um, it's like what we were talking about with like t- taking stand up out of just clipping it out. You know, it's it, not, there's no like context anymore. There's no like nuanced opinions. It's all very black or white now. 
Yeah, it's, you know, the thing that I think about a lot is the fact that everybody thinks they're a celebrity nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like some people are listening to this and they're like, you think you're a fucking celebrity, Colin? You post all <laughs> this fucking content. No, I post the content because it's, like, cool shit. I think, like, I, I honestly, like, the reason I post more shit, like, like try to post a lot of shit is not because Gary V tells me to. It's because I truly feel like the people I get to talk to are so fascinating and I feel like more people should hear from them. Mm-hmm. It's not because I'm me, you know? Sometimes I say cool shit, but like <laughs> most of the time I feel like I'm talking to so many people and I've learned, I've made so many connections. You know, the person I always cite when I tell people is like, I have a friend who's a virologist during a pandemic. Like that's cool, bro. Yeah. And I feel like more people should be able to have the knowledge that I gained. And so that's why I do it. But I feel like everybody thinks they're a celebrity nowadays and all they want is the headline. All they want mm-hmm. is the clip, you know? All, they want the clip of Joe Rogan saying that he took fucking horse dewormer. You know, mm-hmm. they want that. First off, I'm going to just say this. I just had COVID and I took fucking ivermectin. So fuck all Oh, of you. really? Yeah, I took one pill. It didn't really do anything. Yeah. I, I didn't try it, really. I took one pill. The way it works- Did you get it the, from a doctor? I got it from um, a nurse practitioner who is my girlfriend's mother, who is a, she's basically her job, her and her husband's job. They are mobile um, IV technicians, basically for, for people in need for right now, COVID and Mm. professional athletes, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, They live in Vegas, so they do a good amount of wealthy people, but they're awesome people. And they were, so have you ever heard of NAD? NAD. No, I haven't. So NAD, I'm going to butcher this. I'm sorry, Jamie and Aaron. Uh, but uh, NAD is a, it is now a cancer COVID treatment kind of thing. And it um, basically what they were saying is it helps. Um, so it's the, the it's you get it in an IV form most of the time, an IV bag. Um, and it's the four hour protocol. And basically what it, NAD helps with is transport ATP throughout the cells you know, ATP is like the, you know, what the energy that you make. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and it has been proven as an effective COVID, um, uh, treatment. And so, uh, Rogan did it too. He did ivermectin. He did NAD. He did IV fluid bags and ivermectin. Um, and he did Z-Pak. I did ivermectin, uh, some fucking normal cold medicine. Um, IV, uh, rehydration bags and NAD. And the only thing that like, I didn't feel like shit. Like I, I had one day and it was because I played mini basketball hoop when I thought I was good. I was not <laughs> good. I uh, had one day where I was like, I didn't really have a bad cough and I didn't really, I had some stomach problems. And after the mini basketball hoop, I just felt like I was dying. Like my body was just like mm-hmm. shutting down. And the next day I got NAD. I got a full fluid of IV and I got an NAD drip and felt all better. Literally haven't had a single symptom after that day. Oh, that's great. Um, and I just talked to Julian Dory's the host of Trenovia podcast. And he, um, was telling me he didn't monoclonal antibodies and he was saying the next day he felt better and I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, this is NAD is an expensive treatment, right? Monoclonal body, monoclonal antibodies is pretty expensive too, but they're not being talked about as if like they're effective in the way that they are. I've mm. had 
there's three people for sure have come out about NAD monoclonal antibodies and stuff like that and have gotten better. Um, they gave Trump monoclonal antibodies and he got better. Julian Dory told me specifically he got better. I did NAD and I got better. And Joe Rogan did all of them and got better in three days. And he's 51. And, and so I have a problem with the fact that they're only pushing the vaccines because of the money basis, they already paid for them. And so they're going to want to distribute them, you know, and they're like, that's the only way is to get more people vaccinated mm. when the vaccine is not stopping people from getting sick. And so like, why aren't we helping people not die? I, I have a problem with that. It's like people are dying regardless of we have treatment and we're not talking about them except for fucking Florida. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. It is weird. Um, but like, I don't, I haven't like paid much attention to like all that, but it is weird. Like how like the news will like talk about ivermectin and then just refer to it as the, the, the horse dewormer when obviously it's not just a horse dewormer, you know? Yeah. It's being prescribed by doctors and stuff, but yeah, I don't, I don't know a lot about, I don't think I've ever, I've had COVID, which makes me feel like kind of a loser now. Everybody, <laughs> Everybody, you know, I know has had COVID. Yeah, fuck you, dude. You need to get COVID. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I didn't have COVID until like a week ago. And okay, but here's like, I thought I had it like at the beginning, but mm. like, every, everybody says that I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy who's like, well, I thought I had COVID in January 2020. Right. <laughs> you know, like every, I hate, everyone hates that guy. Fuck yeah. that guy. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think you're probably going to get it. And you're probably going to be all right. And right. You're going to have a mild flu or you're going to have like a decent flu or you're mm. going to have like a cough maybe, you know, yeah. like it's, it's weird. It, it really is. Like I had no symptoms except for that one day, my girlfriend mm. unvaccinated, I'm vaccinated. She's not, she was like, felt like shit, got NAD twice, felt fine. I had symptoms longer because I didn't do the NAD. My friend, Chris unvaccinated idiot fucking was sick uh came got an iv was feeling better next day went out when he was feeling better and got trash drunk and been hurt <laughs> three days so it's like but he's fine now and it's like mm. i don't know it's a weird we're living in a weird time dude it, i'm <laughs> it's, i'm worried that we've fallen into a pit that We've we've dig our own grave and now we're not going to come out of it. You know, there it's only down from here, and the fact that like China and Russia are only growing stronger ties, and 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 it's clear that they have some amount of AI bots that are propagandizing American social media. Is, mm -hmm. It's it's dangerous, and I'm afraid because I they're evil. You know, like regardless of what you think and believe in America, at least you're allowed to do that. You know, like we don't throw people into camps anymore. Like we, right. like we did during world war two, but <laughs> we don't do that. And we, and, and, and we strive and we, and for a lot of time, America has been seen as this hope. It's like, it's the hope, you know? Mm. And I think we've gone, we've gone away from that. We're not the hope for people anymore. We're not the, yeah. we're, we're not the hope to save the world, save the Russian and Chinese people. We're not, we're not that anymore. And it's sad because there's nothing, there's nobody else. It's like, there's free worlds, but they're all like little pussy cousins of America <laughs> who are never, who are always afraid of doing something. <laughs> but, but America was like that guy who was like, 
kind of an asshole, but was kind of like, I like that guy. You right, know? right. <laughs> <laughs> he was that guy, pal. Stupid ass. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is. It is scary, and I'm, I hope. I hope people like Rogan and people like Elon Musk and people like. I don't know people real real people who want to change the world you know continue to do what they're doing because like Rogan having the all these people on regardless of their beliefs to talk about things and anyone can listen good thing Elon Musk you know fucking doing everything he's doing is dope as fuck and I would I hope I could say that about like Pfizer and everything like that but you just don't know with big pharma you really don't you know right yeah it's who knows it's a, it's a strange world we're living in right now that's for sure so why new york city is it a good stand-up um arena is there a lot of opportunities to have open mics things like that uh yeah i well i did stand up for seven years in indiana um and i felt like i did like everything i could do i didn't want to be like a midwest road guy yeah um and I had always, even when I like, when I first started doing stand up or knew that I wanted to do stand up, I always envisioned myself living in New York. Um, just yeah, just the scene. You know, there's a lot more opportunity here. Um, there's so many. I think there's, I don't know, like twelve comedy clubs maybe, and then all kinds of like bars that do comedy nights and stuff. Um, but yeah, like. I feel like maybe now it's less important to move because you have, you do have like the internet and you can stuff and you can um, get your stuff out there that way. But I feel like depending on what you want to do, like either LA or New York, you still have to move if you want to like really pursue comedy um, or get better at comedy. Um, it just seems as though, I don't mean to interrupt, but it just seems as though those two cities are kind of fallen. You know, they, they're not as great as they used to be. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they're not, yeah, they're not great as great as they used to be. Um, unfortunately I feel like that's where you have to do stand up mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could go to Austin or now like right? Denver. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like those two are still, they're still the big ones. Maybe mm-hmm. LA less so than New York. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, New York's more of a live scene, anyways, right? LA's kind of mm-hmm. more like digital world. It has been for a while now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Why stand up comedy? Was, have you always had an incline? Have you always just like been relatively funny in moments? Why stand up comedy? I was always. Like some of my earliest memories are just like watching the show Seinfeld and then just seeing him like do stand up at the beginning of it. Um, so I always loved stand up. And then I feel like when I was in middle school, like sixth or seventh grade, I really figured out like, I really like discovered like stand up comedy on YouTube and stuff. Um, and I just fell in love with it, and that's all. That's really the only thing I ever wanted to do after that. So that's why. No, yeah, that's a good reason why. I I feel like if more people could have a strong pulling towards something, they would be less inclined to argue with people on Twitter, right? You know, 
<laughs> why yeah. why argue if you have something you love right and i think a lot of people don't they just want to be famous and and you know i i'm kind of torn about how i feel about like i mean capitalism but like it's like because you it, at, at one at one glance i hope you make it and i hope you make a lot of money doing what you love right but at another glance i'm like it makes everybody hate everybody and it makes everyone so hyper competitive that like they can't even find what they want, you know? And so it's like, I, I wish there was a way to incite innovation and people to like be super creative and, 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 and follow their dreams while also allowing for people to be like nice to each other. Mm -hmm. I think the only way it's looking like is if you just dose everybody with, fucking shrooms here and there and everybody <laughs> and make everybody like i don't know if you what was the show called there was a show my girlfriend wanted me to watch really for a really long time but it was basically they they microdosed everyone with psilocybin and everyone got happier and, and more nice to everybody right mm -hmm. over time and and it, that has been that's why they're doing psilocybin tests and LSD tests. I don't know what the type psychoactive drug in LSD is, but that's why they're doing those for mental health and PTSD. Um, but that works, you know, and those things don't kill people and those things have been used for all of time. And so it's like I hope there's a way in the future where people are just they love each other and they love their community, but they also want to be better for themselves, right? Right. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's it's like I said, it's a weird world we're living in. <laughs> what is like? What are some? If you can talk about them, obviously you're you're doing your own thing. But like, what are some big things you want to do in 2022? That's a good question. Um, I just moved out here like five months ago, um, so I'd love to get into some clubs like start working clubs be a regular um so that's something i would love to do i've also been like more focused on as uh, as as well as in doing stand-up like writing just writing comedy like writing for a tv show so i feel like that may be everything's so unpredictable it could it could happen tomorrow you know mm -hmm. but i feel like that may be off in the future a little bit but i would love to write for um a show or something like that as well what do you know about comedy writers writing for shows because i know that like everyone you always hear people talking about how either they were a writer for a show or they they want to be a writer for a show what do comedy writers do right so what is do they create the episode do they create just jokes within the episode what is specific like let's say you have a sitcom an animated tv show and then something like snl what mm -hmm. specifically do these comedy writers do because they can't just they can't formulate what the season's going to be about but they got to have some influence right uh yeah it's I, it varies from like show to show um some of them like they'll have a show runner who would like decide like the story arc of the season um and then you'll have a like maybe a, a group of like six to twelve writers who would all pitch in story ideas and jokes and um usually what gets like 
like the person whose original idea it was, they'll be assigned that episode and they'll write it up and then they'll bring it back and the writers will go over, go over it and pitch punch up jokes and stuff like that. But I've had like a lot of uh, comedy writers and comics on my podcast and it all, they all kind of have the same um, general feel, but every show is different on the way it runs. No. Yeah. I, I, I could assume that like, it, it makes sense that you would have a comedy writer who would have, or who would create the arc of the show. Right. Mm. It, yeah, it, comedy shows, especially sitcoms, are they're interesting because I just saw something on TikTok about how they like people always hate laugh tracks, right? If you tell somebody like, "Oh, I yeah, I love that show, but I hate the laugh track," they can only hear the laugh track for a couple episodes, right? Mm-hmm. But it's interesting; people rate shows worse when they don't have a laugh track. Oh, really? Yeah. So they, they, they say they, 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 they watch a show and they rate it like a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And then they ask, they ask those contestants who like rate the show. This is like before a show goes, show goes out, right? So the show goes out um, or a show's about to go out. They interview like 100 people and they ask the people, they say, hey, um, what do you like about the show? Rate the show. They watch the show. They all are dying laughing. Um, and they say they rated a 10 out of 10. Right, and then they always say, "I just wish there wasn't a laugh track." Mm-hmm. Right, and then they interview another subgroup of people, a hundred people, and they watch the show, exact same show without a laugh track, and they rate it like seven or eight. It's still a good rating, but they're like, "I don't know." Some, and they ask, "What's wrong with it?" They say, "I don't know. Something's just missing." Hmm. And so, it, it it's people in the community has a weird feeling about laugh tracks because we need them, but we hate them. Yeah, I I see I do see like a lot of people like like hating on laugh tracks and stuff. And I feel like it's the it's the kinds of shows that are being written now. Like The Big Bang Theory, for example, is not a funny show by any means in yeah. my opinion. Um in the laugh track it's like more overpowering, it's more annoying than like a show like take Seinfeld or like I don't know it's just the the way shows are especially shows like that are written now it just it just feels sort of uh scientific almost which Definitely. is the antithesis of comedy in my opinion yeah There's I think like too formulaic I guess yeah it's I mean that's how everything is right now mm-hmm. like, like everyone wants to be you do the what the algorithm wants, right? Right. Yeah. It's, what do you think comedy should be then if that is the antithesis of comedy? I think that's a good question. Um, I try to like just do what I think is funny. And I feel like that's what a lot of the comedians that I look up to or uh we're um am a fan of do like they aren't trying to make do what makes the audience laugh they're trying to do what they um think is funny and then get the audience to laugh at that as opposed to like 
writing material that they think the audience wants to hear, if that makes sense. It does make sense. You've talked about Jerry Seinfeld and how he had an influence on you. What current comics have had the most influence on your writing style and the way you perform comedy? Mm. Well, my favorite comic of all time is Norm MacDonald. Um, I like Colin Quinn a lot. Um, I like Gilbert Gottfried a lot. Um, so those are, I always say those are like my top three guys. Um, with Norm, I feel like I've tried to get away from it, but when I was first starting out, I really like copied his voice and his, uh, his cadence a lot. Um, which I feel like is natural for anybody that's starting out. You'll, you'll hear, if you pay attention to like a newer comic, you'll hear them. You can tell like who their big influence is usually. Um, and like Colin Quinn, I love is like just his thought process of the way he breaks down like political ideas and stuff. Um, so I feel like I've, tried to take like an amalgamation of all those guys and like work it into being myself, true to myself and what makes uh, me funny. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. And for those guys respectively, what do they do? You said a little bit about norm, but what do they do that sets them apart from everyone to you specifically? Um, well, like Gilbert Gottfried is like, nobody is like him, you know, um, just the voice, like the way the material that he does, nobody is like doing that sort of not, I hate the word edgy. Yeah. Cause it's uh, like, it's got a, I don't know. It's got a bad connotation, but he's not, it's like he, I was talking, I was doing another podcast and the, the comic described my, he asked me how to like, I would describe my comedy and I, I never know how to answer that because I just do what I think is funny. But he, he said I was edgy and I, I agree. Like I talk about things that some comics wouldn't talk about, but I feel like it's just what comes naturally to me. I'm not like purposely mm-hmm. trying to be edgy. Um, so yeah, like I feel like all three of those guys are all like you you hear a norm joke or you read a norm joke even you would know like norm told that, you know, mm-hmm. or you if you look at the written word on the page, you could tell who which joke belonged to which. They all have their own certain um style that makes them stand out as opposed a lot of comics now maybe not like super famous ones but i feel like a lot of the popular comics now kind of all sort of sound the same Mm -hmm. yeah it's the crazy thing about what you said about how if you listen to a young comic you can hear who their number one influence is that's just i mean i create music and i've created music for a long time i don't do it to get to do anything really. I have a lot mm-hmm. of friends in the music industry. I do it because I love to do it. It's my creative outlet kind of thing. Um, besides talking, but, uh, you can hear that with, with musicians too. You can oh, easily really? hear, yeah. yeah, especially with people with like people 
I tend to butcher the presets now. I don't, I don't know if you know what that means, but they use, they create music in the Juice World preset because they like Juice World, and then they mm. sound exactly like Juice World, and or or the Kid Leroy, or, and you're just like, dude, this is not original. A lot of music today's time that blows up on TikTok, it sounds the exact same, dude. Everyone wants right. to be, everybody wants to be that, and the people who actually eventually blow up are people who have mastered their craft and have been doing it for a while because they actually are good at what they do and they're unique and i think you could say the same about comedy it's not the fact that if you can master how let's say norm mcdonald does his shows you're not norm mcdonald you're not it doesn't mean you're gonna blow up if you can master how trent does it though right you know then you'll blow up right that's exactly. the, that's the difference right yeah definitely yeah. yeah and comedies what does it feel like i'm sure you've done it what does it feel like to bomb you know <laughs> Um, like now I've been doing it for seven years. So now like when I bomb, it still isn't fun, but there is a part of it that's, I'll enjoy, you know, Why is that just because I know I'm funny. Okay. You know, um, I've done it enough. I've had enough good sets to like know that I'm good. Yeah. So when it's when the now it could be like it could be me some nights, but usually I feel like it's just the audience. Not that it's their fault, but you know, some I'm not for everybody. No, no comic should be. Um, but it's it's just fun to like, you know, feel. Uh, I don't know. It's just fun to feel people like not like you from something you written, but early on um it's the worst it's the worst feeling yeah i had a the first time i did stand up i had a really good set and i thought oh i'm a genius i have this all figured out and then the second time i uh, got up and just totally bombed and uh that did not feel good mm. but i loved it enough to keep doing it it's um different comics handle bombing like different ways um i try to just like lean into it you know i'm not gonna some comics will like try to change their act to win over the audience um i just stick to what i want to do and then mm -hmm. do it i think I don't know enough about comedy, but I have never been to a... Okay, that's not true. Would you consider Penn & Teller to be a comedy show? Comedy magic? Comedy? Um, similar, yeah. Yeah, so that's like the only comedy show I've been to. Um, and then my friend Bobby Ulrich, I don't know if you know who that is. He probably don't. He is... What does he do? Um, he's a stand-up comedian, but he like... Kind of is like really close with the Funk Bros. Do you know who they are? Some, you know, somebody was telling me about the Funk Bros. Yeah, he's like with a them. Few weeks ago, Drew Durkinson and all of them. Um, he lives with a bunch of them. So he's he went to my school. He played football with me. Um, uh -huh. so I'm close with him. But I've been to his stand-up comedy when he was really just starting out. But you know. I would assume that stand-up comedy is one of those things where if you're fucking rolling, you're fucking rolling. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And the only reason I can like understand what that's like is because like 
when I like I've given speeches and debates and things like that before, not that many, but when I have, but especially speeches, I've given a bunch of speeches. And when you're in a flow, and it's not, it's not the same, obviously, but when you're in a good fucking flow of the speech, you don't look, you're not looking at your fucking speech. You, you're feeling that the audience has you. You have right. You, you know, and you're just fucking flowing. But when mm-hmm. you're like, no one's listening to you, you're like, I just want to be fucking out of here, dude. <laughs> so I can understand how it's captivating the audience. It's, 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 I was going to call Hitler a good stand-up comic, but that's not a good thing. Um, (laughs) But the best speakers in the world, they have the same qualities as as the best stand-up comic is they can captivate an audience for an hour, hour plus, and make the audience think about them and only them, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. So when you're up there, do you think, is it natural now? Do you have moments where you're in and out? Do you black out? What is it like? Um... It depends on the show. Like, when it's a good audience, you need, like, most of the time, I am uh, not in my head. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just doing the material, and I'm in the moment, I feel like. There are some times, like, I did a show recently um, that was in, like, the front room of this restaurant very busy restaurant and maybe like the first two tables knew that there was a comedy show that was supposed to happen and then everybody else was all um uh like like all talking all being being very loud and like you couldn't hear yourself think really you had to yell into the microphone so I feel like with that show, I was really like, I was unfortunately like thinking about what I wanted to say because I, it yeah. was so like, no, why are we doing this? You know, like nobody really wants to be there. Um, so there are times when I still am not in the moment, but it depends on the show really. Yeah, dude, I, I totally understand that. And it's like, Almost, it's like, for, this is how I, would, how, how I would assume it's like, it's like you, because, so I said earlier that I am a kicker in football. I, mm-hmm. You know what a kicker is. Um, what's your favorite football team, first off? I'm not a big football fan, but when I was younger, I really liked the uh, Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans, okay. Well, I hope you know enough about football to understand about kicking. Um, uh, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. So I, so I'm not a field goal kicker anymore. I used to be, but I'm just a punter now. Or mm-hmm. I, I was. I'm done now. But the way I would describe it is like when you're out there, especially in big moments. I don't remember a goddamn thing. I really don't remember field goal. I don't remember a single field goal because your body just blacks out. It's like two seconds and it's just fucking the balls off your foot. Mm-hmm. Punt. I kind of remember because it's like the really only I remember right before the snap and then right after the kick. Like I, the one I remember the most this year was I was standing in the back of the end zone in Linfield, which is like our rival. Um, and the student section was right behind me. So I've, college football the student section is like really right behind me and they're like talking shit to me and i can hear them and i'm just like laughing like they're they're like number 48 your fucking shoes untied you pussy (laughs) and shit like that like i'm just like laughing i'm just like 
I'm trying to like not like like laugh and just like try to be in the moment. I remember like them talking shit and then I don't remember anything until like after the kick. And so like, mm-hmm. I could imagine that like when you're in a flow or in a bit and you know it really well, you kind of remember the before when you're like, all right, I'm going to do this bit right now. You know, like if like the way I describe podcasting is like, if you like do it for a while, you have like, if you're like interviewing someone, you're like, all right, in the back of your head, maybe you have a sheet of paper or you're like in the back of your head, you're like, all right, I'm going to ask this next. Mm-hmm. You don't really think about it, but it, you know, it's there. You're like, all right, right. It's there. And you know, when you deliver right, um, and I can imagine for stand-up comedy, it's like, all right, I'm going to this bit next because I know you like you, you don't mm. need to think about it because you've done it so many times, but it's there, you know. And then once you get into the bit, you're kind of like almost blacked out to an to an extent because you're just fucking going. It's muscle memory at this point, right? You're just moving your lips into into and making these sounds in a way that you've done five hundred times, you know. Mm-hmm. Is that how it feels? Yeah, similar. Um, there are definitely times when when I'll be doing a bit and then like I'll be saying words and then I'll just think about like the next, what do I want to do next? You know, feel out the crowd. Cause sometimes like some comics will um, like have a, have a set list that they, that the, this is the order of the material that they want to do it in. Um, and I'll do that sometimes, but there are also times when like you'll feel like, okay, I need to do this bit next because this bit didn't work as well or you know it's just a um that's something that you've learned over time though i feel like so when you're performing live or when you're you know actually before we get into that have you found that it is more effective to jump into the digital realm now because of the way that social media works and how you know, stand-up comics have been blowing up that way and then, you know, start to do or make more time for in-person acts. So do you think in-person, in-person stand-up comedy is still the most important thing for a comic? I feel like that's, that's an interesting question. Um, I feel like if you want to do stand-up, then you should start doing stand-up. And like, I see a lot of TikTok people mm-hmm. headlining clubs or doing open mics when they're very famous on TikTok and they get a lot of fans. And then they think they know how to do stand up immediately. Mm-hmm. And their stand up is garbage and they bomb. So if you want to do stand-up, you need to do stand-up. But if you want to be like a comedic actor um, or, you know, like famous on TikTok, then just do TikTok. But I know, like, you can make money doing stand-up and headlining clubs, and they have a built-in fan base from TikTok. So I know why they do it. But, and there's like, I would say maybe a few comics from TikTok that are decent, but the majority of people that I've seen that are like super famous on TikTok and then start doing stand up usually aren't very good. And the crowd that sees them, they're their fans, they're there to see them, aren't having a good time yeah. when they see them live. 
TikTok is really fucking weird, dude. It the what I'm gonna preface this by saying I am no way hating on anybody's grind. I just mm. think it's really fucking stupid how the only way only thing you need to do if you're a woman <laughs> is just show your tits and like lip sync a song or like not even lip sync a song, lip sync an audio. Like the well, sh- that yeah, that's I was I just got on TikTok like a month ago in in mid December mm-hmm. and uh, I don't look at it really like yeah. I just post stuff and then get off but that is like a weird thing even like anybody like just the lip syncing of just stuff that they didn't come up with it's very bizarre Bro, the everything one oh no keep going keep going everything I've seen like the the like the a lot of the popular stuff that I've seen on TikTok is just it does it's not for me. <laughs> I'll say that. Bro, the one that pisses me off, like I, I don't understand it. Is the I don't you don't go on it. I was the exact same way as you, and then I got addicted to it. it mm. Dude, these fucking ladies, bro, they fucking are literally just lip syncing to Elmo talking about balsamic vinegar. And like some of them are like, oh, this is what I want in a man. And then it's like this one trait. And it's like an actual TikTok. But a lot of them Mm. are just like, balsamic vinegar? That's a big word for Elmo. And it's just like, bitch, what the fuck is that, dude? Whole, and I I don't, I was going to make a stitch to it and just be like, what is this? Like (laughs) it had like 1.3 million likes. And it was just a lady lip syncing with her tits like this. Mm. She was lip-syncing. Well, there you go. That's why. Yeah, I know. But she was just lip-syncing and trying to be like, uh, what is it called? Uh, sexual, I guess. It's just like... Yeah, and, yeah. And you're just like... I was just like, this next generation is fucked, bro. They... Because <laughs> what it, really what the problem is, it's not that... All power to these women. But what it does is it encapsulates these young men because it's like fantasy. It's like, oh, she's so pretty. I want to fuck the shit out of her. You know, that's what the men are thinking, right? That's what they're thinking in their head. And and they you know they there's they have this fucking in, insane amount of porn on their phone. We all do, right? We have mm. this insane amount of porn. They have these insane amount of hot chicks on their timeline on TikTok and Instagram that the algorithm keeps getting it because every time I see it, they're like, "Oh my fucking t- tits!" Like, like you know. And and they, and what it does is it makes men not. It makes young men. It it makes them not do what they need to do, which is like. Just fucking go grind at something, bro. Like get really good at something and do that, bro. And then you'll you'll get hot chicks, bro. I promise you. Mm. Like I've seen fair a lot. I've seen a lot of ugly dudes get women based off their status more alone than I've seen hot dudes get women off their looks alone. <laughs> right, dude? Yeah. Like a lot of people I know who are. I would be like, bro, I'd flame the shit out of I'd be like, bro, you're ugly as fuck. You know, fl- you know us young friend shit. But I, I've seen a lot of dudes who, who they're given status, you know, you know, they're, they're, they're a quarterback or they, you know, they're, they're big on TikTok or something like that. And they get girls because of the status they're on. And that's been men throughout history. Men, mm-hmm. women, because, you know, of who they are. And so I, I just sit here and I think, I'm like, dude, you're not going to get chicks chasing chicks, bro. And everyone always <laughs> says that. And I hate saying that because I have a girlfriend and she's beautiful and I love her and I'm, I'm in a good spot. But I hate saying that like, you're not going to get chicks chasing chicks. But it's like, bro, you're not going to get chicks jerking off and going on TikTok looking for chicks. <laughs> you're not. Get good at something. You know, you know, be a man. 
like Joe Rogan says this all the time. All these guys say this all the time. It's like, be disciplined, you know, really do hard shit and your life will be set up in a way that you want it to. Mm. You know, you agree? Yeah, I agree. Um, it, yeah, it's, I, I am more concerned about like only fans. Super. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't care about all that, but, um, like the, the attention span of mm. the younger people with TikTok of is yeah. of just like short. Oh, I don't like that one. I don't like that one. It's a very strange way of looking at things, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like we already have a short attention span enough. And it's just getting worse and worse. Yeah, it's TikTok. I was like, I'm sorry. Hold on. I dropped something. That's it. TikTok. I was so against it. And I'm sure you were because you just got on it. And I was, I was like, dude, I'm never going to get on that. That is for 15 year olds. That's so stupid. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. That's what I was saying for a long time. And then I realized, and then I started this podcast kind of on accident. I... It was an accident. I was trying to make music and my mic was being too loud. So I sat down, sat down and talked and posted a two episodes of me talking shit for 45 minutes on SoundCloud. And uh, then I started calling people on the phone that I knew. And then all of a sudden I started talking to people. And then all of a sudden I started talking about like real, like fucking dope people like you. Like now I'm, now I'm at a point where it's like actual thing that I got to like stay on top of, you know? Right. But it was an accident. And everyone who listens to me consistently knows it was an accident. And so once I started the show and it started to build to the point where I, it, it got to the point where I couldn't, it was too big to not just stop doing it because I felt bad for the people who actually wanted to listen. Mm-hmm. It was not big enough to where I was like, I don't really want to keep putting all this sh- effort into this shit if it's not going to get bigger. You know, it's like mm-hmm. at that middle point where it's like, I got to do it because people deserve the, what they, they deserve to have it, you know, but it's not big enough to where I'm like, I don't have another person to do my clips. I don't have another person. I, it's right. all, you know, so I started post, I got on TikTok. And really what's changed the game for me was YouTube shorts. YouTube shorts gets so many views, bro. Oh, really? Yeah, you should. I'll talk to you about it after we're done. All right. I'll give you a little insight. It's the way to go. YouTube shorts, if you post all your TikToks, I would, for you, I would do your stand-up comedy and then mm. your, do the podcast clips you like. But I post your stand-up comedy clips to, that you do on TikTok that you think do well on TikTok to YouTube shorts. You'll fucking grow. I'm telling you. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why that is, but, and then reels. I do reels too. I, I know you do too. Yeah. Reels and YouTube shorts. And, and then I was, I started seeing growth and I was like, okay, I get the short thing now. People don't want the long content. I was posting long content for a year. Mm-hmm. Then I slowly grew, didn't really grow. So I posted short content. So I understand the, the attraction to it and I understand the need for it. I think it's stupid though because what I the reason I like doing it was because of Joe Rogan and his long clips, his twenty minute clips of right. things, you know, and that's why I like it. I, I want people to watch a twenty minute clip of Kenan Hutchinson, the virologist, talking about COVID. I don't want him to talk mm-hmm. about thirty seconds of it. Like that doesn't matter. Right, right. And so, it, it does frustrate me that 
I like three years ago, like what influenced me the most on Instagram and everything and, and not Instagram, but YouTube was like Jordan Peterson's lectures and, and Joe Rogan's clip, like longer clips and his full episodes on YouTube. And that, like the long form stuff was what influenced me to start. And now mm. I've, I'm, I'm afraid that it's short form content that's taken the, 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 the sword, you know, and, and, and driving forward. Right. Yeah. That's what, yeah, that's my concern as well. Um, but maybe it'll be good to like have, uh, maybe it's like, it's better to have a shorter, not a, not a shorter, a smaller section of people that really want to watch something that's long form. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you don't want like the people that are, can only watch something for 30 seconds at listening to you, you know, I mean, you, you enjoy them watching you but maybe that's not who you're trying to uh gain as a fan or somebody that follows you no you definitely aren't and that's you don't you know fans are weird i don't know as a stand-up comic i'm gonna ask you because i'm not really a fan of fans you know i don't want Mm. people i don't want my life to be determined on where i can go and things like that right i just want a lot of money i want a lot of fucking money (laughs) and i'm really poor you know, like I'm the tallest student about to go to law school. Like I don't have any money, right? I make a, yeah. I make like I think I've made like a couple mu- bucks or a little bit more than that off the podcast and like off my job. You know, like I'm poor. I'm a mm-hmm. poor dude. I'm a poor young guy. <laughs> I just want to make a lot of money, right. right? And do you, as a stand-up comic, because I want you know you want people to appreciate your your craft and your artwork, but do you want to be Kevin Hart, or would you be okay with being a stand-up comic who wasn't the largest but had a fan group who supported you and you made a good amount of money? You know, um, honestly, yeah, like I have no desire. I feel like. Even when, like, I had that TikTok that got, like, a million views or whatever. Hilarious. Even that was, like, mm, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's, like, nothing, in, really. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I'm aiming to be, like, the like Kevin Hart, you know? I like being able to walk down the street. (laughs) Right. So I would, I would like, I wouldn't mind like a smaller fan base. I just want to like be able to pay my bills doing comedy, you know? Yeah. Um, my goal, like I have no desire to like be famous. That's not my goal. Like some of my dreams, would result in me being famous, but the goal isn't to be famous. It's to do what I love. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with that goal, right? Mm. I I think the problem with young Americans, especially right now, is that it's, it's the reverse is they don't care what they do as long as they get famous. Yeah. It's not chase your dream. And then whatever happens happens as long as you can pay the bills, it's get famous and then we'll make it work. Like, look at Boot Gang, right? Like, that guy, I think he's dating that Catch Me Outside girl now, which is hilarious in its own right, but... Who is this? 
boot gang, the dude who like would steal shit and be like boot gang and like run out. You don't oh, know that guy? No, I don't. Bro, okay, there's this guy, bro, who had face tattoo. Oh my, do you know who the Cash Me Outside girl is? I do know that. Okay, yeah. bro. Yeah. Oh my god, this is hilarious that I'm explaining this to you. Um, boot gang. I don't know when it was. I think it was a couple of years ago. But he would fucking he had face tats, bro, and uh. he would just go places and fucking steal shit and run out the building. Yo, boot gang, and blow uh, the fuck up, bro. And like he's like a, I think he's like a newfound Christian now. Or something like that, and he's like, "Yeah, why would you?" He's like a dating the Catch Me Outside girl, and it's just fucking okay. hilarious, bro. Um, oh my god, that is yeah. But he like it's like that, bro. People are okay with doing that shit on mm-hmm. the, as long as it gets the, them clicks, bro. It's wild. Yeah, it is. I it's not. It's something that I don't understand um, or really have an interest in. Like I'm because, glad I, I'm glad I didn't know who yeah, Boot Gang I, was until until you told me about it. I'm glad you did too. Because, I mean, I think a lot of that is like you are the cusp. Like, when did you get an iPhone? Um, like I don't know. I got my first cell phone in 2007. I think I did too, because I had to walk home from school that was like decently far, and I was yeah. seven, and so I needed a flip phone. <laughs> but yeah, I think I got an iPhone when I was in ninth, eighth grade, going into ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Right? So you probably got one senior high school, right? Yeah, um, probably around there. That's when everyone got them. Was like twenty thirteen. Were you in a senior high school in twenty thirteen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was. That's crazy. I was I was in eighth grade in twenty thirteen. Um, oh wow! Well, I'm I'm about to be twenty two. But now it's like it's that seems sort of like senior in high school and eighth grade seems a lot like farther than twenty two and twenty six. Right? That seems a Definitely. lot farther. Yeah. Um. But I was like eighth grade, like nine. I had an iPhone like four in eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. Because I played Flappy Bird, dude. Out <laughs> uh, that's old to be getting an iPhone. And like the iPhone four is nowhere near as powerful as the iPhone 11. Mm-hmm. Like that's old. And like we, like my whole life, my kid, my middle school and, and elementary school, I played football at the park. I would ride my bike everywhere. Like I didn't have an in, like I created some YouTube videos that if you're listening to this right now, you could find them. If you look me up enough on YouTube, you could find some really shitty stuff from me in the fifth grade, like, fucking like lego throwing legos at walls and shit just wow mm. but um like that's that's old and like now kids are getting iphones are like seven dude i know it's crazy like mm. i'm yeah you're right i am like the generation um like i remember probably the first mm, seven eight years of my life like I remember, like, the internet was, I mean, you saw, you, but you knew people out, like that used it, but it wasn't, like, a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then if, and then everybody got a computer, like, mm-hmm. when I was probably, yeah, seven, around seven or eight. And um, even then, the internet took f- fucking 14 hours to load something. So you were still outside all the time. You were doing other stuff. Yeah. And now that's all anybody does is just look look at their phone, look at 
Facebook, Twitter. It's all, it's just a totally different world that they don't know any different, but I, I'm sort of that generation. You may be a little bit, um, where like you remember what it was like before that. It's, uh, very strange. I, I don't even know if I am because I remember like fifth grade, I used to sneak on the, the, the desktop in my parents' house mm-hmm. to, to get on Facebook to talk to my girlfriend at fifth, like fifth grade. Like it, yeah. I didn't have a phone or anything like that. I had to get on the desktop, like an actual keyboard and a lap <laughs> and get on the desktop and, and talk to her on Facebook. But I rem- like, I don't really remember a world with I remember a world without phones for sure mm-hmm. like I like like in social media but I don't really remember a world without like like the internet like at all like I mean I wouldn't like I was born in the year 2000 but yeah you want to I'm gonna freak you out real quick though with some age wise I my grade this is the last year the seniors in college right now like obviously anyone can go to college so this doesn't pertain to that but like if you go to college straight out of high school Everybody after this year that is in college, if they went straight after high school, will be born after the year 2000. Yeah, that's crazy. Next year, the seniors in high school or seniors in college will be have will born in the end of 2000 and the beginning of 2001. So that means the seniors in college in 2023, 2024 will have not been alive for 9-11. That's insane. Isn't that insane to say? People, yeah. like, I, I think about that all the time. The people who are 16 right now are four or five years removed from 9-11. Like after, born four or five years after 9-11. Mm-hmm. That is nuts. That's nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I was almost two, which is still young. You were like seven probably. Yeah. Yeah, like, so you remember it probably. I, I do remember it, yeah. Yeah. You, well, you were lived on the East Coast too. No, I was in Indiana. Um, Is that not East Coast? It's Midwest. It's considered Midwest? Yeah. Where it's is like, it? It's, it's, uh, Indiana's like a 12-hour drive from New York. What City. about to like Iowa? Mm, I'm not sure. Um, so Indiana is like, it's probably like a four-hour drive from St. Louis, three hours from Chicago. Um, but yeah, it's the Midwest. So, but I remember, yeah, I was, I remember where I was when, uh, we got sent home early from school during nine 11. That's nuts. Yeah. I wasn't in school yet. <laughs> right. You were. Yeah, it was true. Yeah, almost young. I, uh, I swear I remember it. Maybe I don't. My mom was like, no, you don't. But I was like, I told her what happened. Like I was laying in a beanbag as a baby, little dude. Mm-hmm. And she was like in like her like robe and like hair, you know, hair thing you put on towel that women put on their hair. Um, and we were watching the TV. I remember it. I do remember it. It's weird that I remember it. I mean, yeah, you, I bet you probably do. I just feel like it's a little like one and a half is a little early to be knowing things, you know? Yeah. There's some things like. I don't remember my mom freaking out. I don't know. Maybe Something I would like that. Yeah. I feel like yeah. it's, it's, it's a possibility that you do. Yeah, it is. I just think like I, maybe I romanticized it to where mm, in the sure. sense where like I, you know, I have dreamt about thinking about it, you know, and like, 
Because when I think about it, I don't know if you have memories like this, but I think about it. You, in some memories that I have, I see myself as like a third party kind of thing doing. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, do I really remember that, or am I making shit up? Because like you wouldn't remember you as a third party if you remembered it, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. But yeah, uh, back to that shit. Nine people are going to be making decisions. People are graduating high school who like are four years after 9-11, three years yeah. after 9-11. And that's insane. Cause you're like, dude, that's like recent. <laughs> like that's not like, that's not a long time ago. What freaks me out is the fact that like everybody who's like in school right now is growing up at a time where they, all they know, all they know about is the wearing masks and the government mm-hmm. controlling what they do and things like that. Like, we don't know about a world. Like, the reason we're like, fuck this mask shit, everyone's saying that, like, all right, is because, like, we don't know a world where the government makes you do things when it really has no effect on you, you know? Mm-hmm. These guys only know that, you know? Only know forced vaccines. Only know forced um, masks. Only know forced, uh, like, not going to school, coming home quarantining. And so what it, it, it freaks me out is that when they're like, go to the metaverse, you'll be free in the metaverse. Like, oh, you, want. <laughs> you know, they're just going to fucking implant it in their brain and half the world's going to be living in Facebook meta. Or I know that's, yeah, that's, that stuff really, really creeps me out. What do you think about the metaverse? Are you afraid of it? Are you going to join it? What are you going to do? I'm going to fight tooth and nail not to, uh, mm-hmm. not to join it. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like all that stuff, I don't know how you feel about it. But to me, I don't understand like how you could find the appeal of that, you know? I I just don't get it. Yeah. I this is how I feel about it. I think cuz I know some rich people who are buying like islands and things like that and the only reason they're doing it, it's not cuz they're not, they're going to go, but it's cuz they're going to make a lot of money you know um so i think as a financial aspect like these young their kids getting rich off nfts there are kids getting right rich off buying islands you know and so that's like a financial aspect like bitcoin nfts all this the meta i think like it's just as like anything it's just like any asset any investment that anyone's gonna make ever you're gonna like if you're making money off of it like there's no difference between investing in something else and that Mm-hmm. with money wise now i think the the draw is like look what happened you're young enough to where i'm sure you played fortnite when it was like super fucking big not a video game guy you didn't see okay well like, that's crazy um i'm not really a video game guy either but i play like madden and shit but i was really into fortnite because i was a senior in high school and it was big and that's probably crazy to some of you young guys listening to this i'm not even old at all but like <laughs> I'm a senior when Fortnite was big. That was like 2017. Like, um, yeah, I was like really in, like like it was what any like anybody everybody was playing Fortnite, bro. Like everybody, all you could hear was Fortnite. Mm. On this was before pre-pandemic, we would go home and get online, you know. And so I understand the appeal to want to be with your friends online. I do because there if it's fun. It doesn't matter as long as you're with your friends, bro. If you can hear your friends like and talk to them and like it's like World of Warcraft, except now you're gonna be seeing it, you know? Mm. I understand the appeal because like 
not everybody can meet up with their friends. You know, not everybody can do that. Um, but what you can do is go into the meta, you know? And so I hope I'm not going to, I don't know if this is going to be the case, but I hope it's not like you get online as soon as you wake up and you don't go until you're done. I hope it's more like I got off school bored. My friend's like, hop on the metal. Let's go watch Travis Scott perform at, well, that's, that's a bad example, but let's go watch. <laughs> we'll Con- be safer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll be safer in the middle. Let's go watch Travis perform on the Island, you know, like, all right, bug it. Yeah. And, you, and you do that. You know, I hope it's more like that than it. It's more like video games than it is like life. Yeah. That I still like just a part of me doesn't like that, but I, I, I get the appeal of that more than like just waking up and you're online con- for the entire day. Hear me you know? though, bro. Hear me out though about this though. What are high school girls who are not f- tens think thinking right now because of TikTok? They're ugly. They're never going to be anything. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I'm Facebook, if I'm Mark Zuckerberg in the meta, or it's the meta now, you're telling, you're like, hey, look at all these beautiful women on TikTok. You're not anything like them. You're never going to be anything like them. You don't have a nice voice. You have acne. You're ugly. Come join the meta. You can be whoever you want. That's the problem. Sure. Is, is you're letting, you're giving people an easy out, right? Because mm-hmm. here's the difference. Like, the problem for, for men has never been if if me and you saw Chris Hemsworth walking down the street, right? I don't know how ripped you are, but I'd be like, God damn it, I need to go to the fucking gym, dude. I and I and I look good right now. I've been working out, I've been losing weight. <laughs> but like I'm gonna be like, all right, fuck, dude. Like I could look like like I'd be like, fuck, dude. I, I I if I worked out, like I gotta work out more, you know? Mm-hmm. Women aren't like that, bro. Women are more emotional about it and, 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 and it's an unattainable body. And so when you're telling young girls who are already insecure in their own right, because a lot of men too, especially you, I'm sure, what is the out if you're, if, you, if you're not insecure, but if you're not like a 12 as a man, what's the out? Comedy, being funny, right? Mm-hmm. Being funny is, is the way out. That's, that's a lot of the way men who are not insecure, but not, or, or maybe they are insecure. It's, it's the way they make be okay you know um is is working out sports and comedy so when you're giving these ladies this out you're like hey be a different person it's going to change the way we interact with ourselves and that's it it, it's dangerous because they're starting it with the transgender argument because they're telling everyone you can be whoever you want which is whatever be everyone it's just difficult when you do it with kids right it's difficult when you mm. tell kids that they're not who they are right do whatever you want be whoever you want because it's like point part of the point of childhood and high school and even college is finding who you actually are and not sure. lying about it right and i'm afraid that if we let people just decide who they want to be when they're really young it's going to create a really dystopian fucking communistic society where like the only way you can like live okay is online mm-hmm. right yeah that's i yeah you're right um i feel like we're already kind of like to a lesser extent but everybody online um 
is to kind of pretending to be something they're not, you know, like nobody, everybody's posting like, yeah. When they're at their best, usually, maybe usually. some people, maybe some people are, are um, more realistic, but usually when you post something, you're at your best, you're not, mm. you're not who you are really, you know? I agree, yeah. Um, so I could definitely see that just getting worse and worse with, with the, the metaverse and all that shit. So yeah, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see <laughs> where everything leads to. Will you do stand up on the islands in the metaverse? <laughs> oh man, that sounds like a nightmare. Um, I didn't like a lot of comics were doing like Zoom shows and stuff. Oh, that just sounds fucking stupid, dude. Yeah, it it was. I did I did one. I got roped into one. I got sort of got tricked into it. I was at a show, a real life stand up show, and uh, this guy goes, "What are you doing on?" the 13th like oh, i don't have anything and he goes you want to do a show i go yeah and he goes it's on zoom i was like oh now i got <laughs> i've already committed now so i did one and it was at like the tail end of um like we everybody was like going back outside and stuff mm-hmm. like other shows were starting to open up again so it, it was at the tail end of it. There was like three people watching on zoom. It was just the most excruciating thing. And, uh, I vowed to never do another <laughs> zoom show. And to me, that's what that would be like. I feel like <laughs> just the only thing that I would say that would make the difference is if you could like actually feel like you're there, if it was almost like a hologram and it like actually puts you there, that would change the game. Yeah. I don't know. It's all, I've like, I've never experienced it, so I don't know, but I feel like with stand up, especially, it's so reliant on the atmosphere and the room that you're mm-hmm. in that it only works the way it works. Like, even I'll do shows, live shows, and if the lighting isn't right or if the room is weird, the weird setup, it's not, it's not as good. It has to be a setup for comedy. Like there's just something about it that only works the way it works. Yeah. I, I I would assume that because you play off. I'm sure most of you guys who are stand-up comedy, um, people or stand-up comics they they're situationally funny they're more situationally funny than they are um or i wouldn't say they're more but they that has some play to it right like just me as a person who likes energy and likes to talk is very introvert i mean extroverted i feed off people's energies and i'm not hilarious. I'm not a stand-up comic, but I would fancy myself as a little funny. You know, I have moments <laughs> where I'm situationally funny and I can, you know, like 
I know what it's like to feed off energy. You know, I know what it's like to say something because of the moment. And I feel like you don't get that unless you're in the moment, you know, right. unless you're with people. It's so wild to me because it's like people are te- like our government and, and everyone else is telling people right now it's more important to stay home than it is to be with other people. It's like we need to be with people, dude. Like we mm. thank God like we have something like this or like thing, like, you know, like, but it's just like it's not the same, dude. Like it you need pe- to be with people, dude. Like we are here humans. Like part of the all the stories I have. Are mo- most of the best stories I have are all in person. They are right. like I don't remember playing Fortnite. I mean, I, I maybe a couple times. Yeah, like I remember like you know like getting blacked out at a party and kicking a bush and breaking my foot. Like that happened when I was drunk, right? Right. That was I was in person drunk, no mask on. <laughs> I remember meeting my girlfriend pre-pandemic at a party and I had to drink the entire bottle of tequila just to talk to her. You know, I remember that. <laughs> right. I didn't Zoom her shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, so, yeah. So it's like, I hope my kids get to experience a life where they get to be fucking nervous in person to talk to a girl or 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 nervous sitting at a test better be like fuck i didn't study dude i'm gonna shit myself yeah damn it or like Mm -hmm. you know i hope they have bad experiences in person more than i hope they have good ones online absolutely yeah yeah it's uh we'll see i i don't know i'm not necessarily hopeful for the way the future looks right now i don't think anybody is bro yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. What do you think could be done to change it back to where we were or to go somewhere better? To me, and well, I don't think the way it's set up now, I don't know if this is necessarily po- possible, but I do feel like we're so reliant on technology mm-hmm. that it makes us less, it just makes us cold, you know, it just makes us, um, more, more distant. We're all very like, I don't know, like it's all very binary, you know? Um, whereas like, you're not just living in the world. You're not out. Even like, let's say you go out, you go out with your friends usually depends on your friends, but you're going to be checking your phone sometimes, not all the time, but you're having a conversation, then you check your phone or you're depending on who you're with. They could be on their phone the entire time. I feel like it's all very, that's kind of the reason like technology now, especially the phone, um, it's very divided. We're all very split apart and we don't, we just read what other people are saying. We don't hear their, their um, tone of voice, their intention. Really. We put our spin on what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's sort of the reason we're so divided as a people right now, just technology in general. So a, a less reliance on that, I feel like wouldn't solve everything, but 
it might help a little bit. Yeah, the only problem with that is it seems as though an autonomous AI or a robot is the next step, right? Right, exactly, yeah. So, you know, we're kind of too, I think we're too far ahead for that. Exactly, I agree, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, I I worry about robots. And I wonder if I'm going to be around for robots. Because, like, real robots. He's like, I'm young. And let's say I live to 80. I'm going to give myself 80. that's That's a long shot. I mean, maybe not. By the time I'm, if I make it to 70, I'll probably make it plus, you know, because like 2070, that's, I'm sure life's going to be a lot better than 2021, two. It's 2022. Happy New Year. Um, <laughs> uh, so if I make it to 2080 and I don't want to blow my brains out, I hope <laughs> I, I hope I get to uh, experience robots, but it's like, I don't want to be the guy on the lawn like, are you damn kids? You know, like, but what lawn, bro? Is it in the islands? Is it on the metaverse? <laughs> like, where, am I, where are these lawns? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm worried that we're the last, we're going to be the last generation because I'm probably like the end. I'm either the beginning of Gen Z or the end of millennials. So mm-hmm. you or me, we're going to be the end of normal life forever, right? I think so. <laughs> Thank God we die as people, right? You know? <laughs> Thank God we all pass away. Um, we, it, you know, people always say, there's always a thing. It's like, would you, would, first off, before I say my answer, would you live forever if you could? I, no, I don't think I would. I don't think I would. I think I would live long. I think I would have a long life, long, happy yeah. life and be happy. But I think, like, just think about the Wolverine, for example. Like, all his friends just die. Like, it just, I, I, what's fun with that, you know? Like, right, exactly, yeah. And, like, if you could live forever but your kids couldn't, that would be worse, too. Because it's like, you, mm. your kids bury you, right? And so, I wouldn't live forever because, like, you know, it sounds good on paper, but I'm also 21. And also, like, who knows what the world's going to be like in 2070, let alone 2150, right? Right. So it's like, I think part, yeah, I don't really know what the meaning of life is because I'm 21, but also I'm not, not, not brilliant. I'm not the guy who answers what the meaning of life is. So if you thought you were going to get this today, you're severely misguided, (laughs) but I have found out that like, you know, some of the meaning comes from the fact that you are going to die because because you are going to die, it makes the moments you have with the people you love even more so special in the moments. Mm-hmm. Just sucks that people got to die before you. That's the real sucky part, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not really afraid of death, but I, I'm dreading the day my parents die. I'm dreading oh, absolutely. anybody that I love dies. I, I don't want it to happen, but it's like, it, you know, if you live long enough, then people you love don't. Right. Mm-hmm. Sad life, right? <laughs> That's the way it is. Apparently, we're being morose here. <laughs> we are. We got real <laughs> depressing towards the end. <laughs> life is meaningless. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you think? I'm going to take that off. Are you religious? No. Are you spiritual? No. Are you ever interested in taking a psychedelic? I would be interested, I think. 
Yeah, I've had very limited experiences with psychedelics, and I am afraid of them, but they... I would encourage it, especially mm -hmm. for a person with your brain. I think, you know, they're dangerous. They're very dangerous. Shit. Right. But, but, you know, they're not as dangerous as, like, like mortality-wise, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the benefits of them outweigh the outweigh the, the dangers you know mm -hmm. i think if you take it a good amount of dose i think you wait a couple of years and you you're living in a place where marijuana is not even legal so you know it is legal new york legalized marijuana yeah holy shit i didn't even know that when did they do that this year last year this last year i think it, it, it was legal when i got here holy shit that's fucking awesome um so you know that's a good step Oregon just decriminalized all drugs, which is kind of stupid in my opinion, because cocaine and meth should not be legal. But I understand what they're doing. I guess it's decriminalized. It's not legalized. So for people out there, the difference is decriminalized is you can't be punished for it, but it's you can't be punished for a specific amount. You can't be punished for a small amount, I think is what mm. decriminalized means. Um, however, they may, it made it so psychedelics can be used in... Um, trial and tri uh, trials for mental health problems. Mm -hmm. I talked about earlier on the podcast how that could be very effective. So I think psychedelics have a lot, humans and psychedelics have a long history for sure. And they interact with each other in a, such a way that it's so beautiful that you can't not talk about them, you know? And so I think, like I said, I think Drugs are bad, but psychedelics, I wouldn't call them drugs, you know, they're especially like, it's like some of them are plants, you know, and, and it's weird that we call them drugs because it's just because they alter the brain, you know, but we allow tobacco and alcohol to run the street and opioids, which kill more people than anything. And they're right. synthetic. And yeah. so I think, you know, one of the ways out of this technology problem is, you know, getting more people safely trying psychedelics or, or influenced by them, especially with mental health. Because I think I'm telling you a microdose, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking say this right now because I believe it. A microdose, which basically doesn't alter your like psyche at all, but it alters the psyche, but it doesn't alter your um, like sight or anything or mm. A microdose of psilocybin or LSD is better for you than Xanax. I'm just going to say that. If you have anxiety, 100% uh, yeah. psilocybin is better for you than... A small dose is better for you than fucking Xanax, bro. You know? Yeah, I would... Yeah. I got no qualms with that. Yeah, and... So I think that that's one of the ways out of this technology problem. I think if, if we get people being nicer... Because it, it, it just makes people nicer to each other, too. Mm-hmm. That comes back to my question. You're not religious. What do you think happens when we die then? I think um, nothing. You think it's just black? Yeah. I struggle with that one because I'm, I would call myself Christian, but that's just because I believe in God because I just believe in. I believe in God as the the being that makes the universe work, the universe, you know? Mm. And like God... Now, is, were you 
uh, raised religious? Yeah, yeah. I was raised. Mm-hmm. My dad's Catholic. My mom's Episcopalian and kind of Lutheran now. And I was baptized Episcopalian. Um, and so I, Christianity is like the one I come to. You know, when mm-hmm. I go back to religion, but I think that it's I'm too. I'm not smart enough to say that there isn't a higher power, and I like I feel more comforted. And people can say this is a bad reason, but I feel more comforted when I pray. I feel like there's someone listening. You know, I mm. really do, and it's it's kind of a selfish thing to say, but like I think when I'm talking, when I'm praying, that someone's listening. I feel like someone's listening, and and I feel like this universe and, and my life means something and that it's what am I losing when I'm believing in it? You know, sure. I gain, I gain everything. I gain the eternal kingdom. And I lose nothing. So it's, I feel like because I, those reasons I, I, sh- I believe in something. Mm-hmm. You know? That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I was never like raised with my family wasn't very religious. Um, I went to like Bible school one time for like a week or whatever, however long it lasts. But like we, they never made a big deal about, about it either way. You know, they never told me, well, this is what we believe in or this is what we don't believe. And I just kind of, um, made, uh, made up my mind as I got older and, um, to me, like the what I heard people talk about, just didn't necessarily make sense to me. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I wouldn't. I guess I would consider myself an atheist. Um. But I'm not like. I like. I don't care. You know. Like. Yeah. It, believe whatever you want to believe. I suppose. I would call you more agnostic than atheist. I think atheist is like you don't believe in God. I think agnostic is like is like I don't believe in God because there's no proof and I don't really understand what people are saying, but like yeah, but I'm not really like against it. I think that's the kind of the difference. Mm, that's fair, yeah. Like you yeah. I yeah. I the only thing I have against the like there's I don't understand how there could be nothing and I never have. I don't understand what internal nothingness looks like when I'm in person, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I, and a lot of people say like, oh, it's like what happened when you were, bef- what, when you were born, before you were born. Was there anything you're like, I don't know. I have no fucking idea. Right. I was plopped into this planet at 13 point something billion years and now I'm Colin Weirs, who's a white guy with a man bun. Like I don't have any <laughs> influence on, I don't have any influence on what happened before my birth. And so... Maybe it's 13 point something billion years more of that. Maybe it's something else. I don't know. It's life is a weird one because it's like no one asked. No one asked for it. Right. Yeah. You're given the cards. And if you end it early on your own terms, you're kind of seen as an asshole. You're like, dude, come on. You got to let life deal with, you know, because it's weird because it's like if someone commits suicide, it's, it's an epidemic, but everyone's like, they hate, they don't hate that person, but they kind of resent that person, you know, and, and they're mad at that person because it's, it, it's, it's, it, it sucks, you know, and it hurts the other people, you know, mm. but it's like if someone gets hit by a car, you know, it's a tragedy and they're both tragedies, but it's like, you can't do it on your own terms. You know, you, you're not allowed. It's not socially moral to end it on your own terms, even if you're in pain. And so it's like, 
we're in this life where you're not allowed to end it if you want it to. You can't just turn off the game or you're going to be seen as like you're gonna, people are going to be mad at you. Yeah. And so you have to keep playing knowing any of the days can be the end of the game and they can all suck or you can live for each other <laughs> and it, or it could all suck, you know? And it's like, you just got to keep rolling the dice and hope every day gets better and make decisions to make it better. It's, it, life is weird. It's, it's one of the great mystery. It's the only great mystery. I think, I don't think anybody, <laughs> I don't think anybody understands. There's not one person who's sitting down like, I fucking figured it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? We all just kind of don't know anything. We sit here on zoom calls and talk shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's fun. It is fun. It is fun. That is true. And not only is it fun, it's, it's rewarding, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's a lot of things. You have a girlfriend? I do have a girlfriend. Yeah. See, what's well, one of the greatest things in the world, you know? One of the worst things in the world if you break up, right? But, you know, it's one of the, <laughs> but while it's existing, it's one of the greatest. Right. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's, you love them and it hurts, but, you know, we all have, you have fun and you, and you can become a stand-up comic and you can work really hard at it or you can be stupid and go to law school like me. Um, or <laughs> you can't, you know, we, we, there's a lot of benefits to life, right? I just, mm -hmm. I just worry that I'm really curious. It's part of the reason I keep doing this podcast is because I like learning things about people and learning more things, but I'm really curious, but I'm worried that I'm never, I know for a fact that I'm never going to have the answers that I want, but I keep looking as if I'm going to find them, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That's, I mean, what else can you do really? Yeah. Well, Trent, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, man. I enjoyed it. You keep doing your shit, bro. You're hilarious. I I think the only way is up for you. Stay out of the damn metaverse. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. You have anything you can just before we wrap this up online, um, give people um your i mean if you have a next show you can give them the next show date or give them your instagram label your your your, your tiktok handle and your youtube channel your podcast okay. name yeah uh my podcast is called there you go with trent mabry uh it's available wherever you get your podcast yeah, and i post the episodes up on youtube the video um you can follow me on twitter at trent mabry that's m-a-b-r-y uh instagram trent underscore mabry and on TikTok, Trent underscore Mary as well. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Go follow him. He's hilarious. His stand-up clips are awesome. His his podcast. He does a lot of a lot of comedians. He's done a late night show um, opening act before. Yeah. Um, he's done a bunch of stuff. So go check him out. Uh, yeah, Trent. Thanks again, bro. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Welcome back. Episode 86 with Trent Mabry. What a fucking guy, dude. What a guy. I hope I can go to New York City to, you know, watch one of his stand-ups. Um, I apologize for these glasses that I'm wearing. I am a little intoxicated. We, um, I drank a little bit of the new Jameson cold brew. Uh, really good. I didn't realize it had half a shot of espresso in each shot, though. Really good though. Um, don't go check it out though because they're not sponsoring me. So 
only check them out if they're going to sponsor me. But as always, ladies and gentlemen, tune in every week to the Con Man's Answer Show for new awesome guests. Um, I'm posting reels, shorts, and TikToks every day now from all the episodes. You can check those out at Condomans on all streaming platforms and on all social medias. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, stay demanding.